Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your host Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDM Fantasy Podcast, Paige DeMacos, Jake Arians, and Jamie Eisner. We are going to recap week two, give you a little Monday Night Football preview. We got some headlines to get into, buying and selling. We got five guys for you, and we're ending the podcast with a poll that we uh, have going on. Now that we've watched two weeks of football, we're going to start giving you guys a poll at the end of every podcast. We'll put it up on social media, revisit what you guys think uh, the next podcast. So, Unfortunately, we have to start off with some pretty bad news. Two of the two of the guys that we've grown to watch for such a long time in the NFL, we're not going to see for a, a long period of time. So let's start with Ben Roethlisberger, who is going to be out for the entire year with his injury. Uh, Jake, just talk about how this impacts. Obviously, the Steelers are now 0-2. Uh, the trajectory is not great for this team. Trajectory is not great for any team that goes 0-2 if you read into that history. So what are your thoughts moving forward from a football perspective on, on the Steelers? Yeah, it's going to be tough. You know, I mean, they came back in this game. They were down big. Mason uh, Rudolph played pretty good. Um, but they're up against it. I mean, Cincinnati's not that bad. We're, we're all expecting the Browns to bounce back. And the Ravens look pretty damn good so far. That's all just in their division. Uh, to start 0-2, to drop back-to-back games, to lose a home game, it, it doesn't look good. Now you have your franchise quarterback out. If look at this with anything else. Other than Tommy John surgery, Ben's the toughest dude I know. He'll play through anything. But uh, this this could linger. This could last into next year. Uh, Jamie will talk about it in a second with his history watching baseball guys with this surgery. But it's not good. Carson Palmer had it and uh, didn't miss any time. But it takes a while to get it back. And it's just a damn shame. I, I thought they would really bounce back this weekend. I thought they would uh, would make a run and be pretty good. But I think the outlook is pretty poor now for the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, looking at a UCL injury, and it's again, it's slightly different for a quarterback versus a, a MLB pitcher. But those are twelve to sixteen month injuries. Those are not they're not like ACLs where you're looking at the eight to twelve month timeline, and you can come back, but you're not quite the same as you were before. This is a, it's a long rehab. It's arduous. I, I actually did an article for MLB.com where I talked about five different guys that had the procedure done. Uh, it, it, it's a it's a bear. It yeah. really is. So this is something where obviously he's not playing again this season, but. 
part of next season's in doubt too. Like I, I would, I would say week one of next season is not a guarantee for Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, uh, obviously, as we're into week two and, and we have this injury with Ben, obviously we want him to get better. We hope we get to see him in the NFL, but there's no guarantees. He's an older guy. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, already got a got to pimp the fact that the draft network's already like, okay, guys, go look for quarterbacks that are coming out of this draft class. Like a lot of quarterbacks coming out. Um, they're trying to, trying to tell the Steeler fans like, okay, guys, you, you might be thinking that it's time to start thinking about the future. And I guess my question to you guys is, did you see enough from Mason Rudolph that you think there maybe is something there, Jake? Yeah. I mean, from what I'm hearing out of Pittsburgh, they love him. I mean, they kind of think he is the guy whenever Ben's done and is it time to move on? I mean, you got, you can make these windows now with these rookie quarterback contracts and his is a lot less than most where you can load up in free agency, you can move on from Ben, even if Ben keeps playing. It'd be weird to see him playing for somebody else. But uh, I think they they feel like Mason Rudolph can be the guy. I don't think they feel like they have to go in the draft and get one, even though this is going to be a good quarterback draft. you got a guy that's now going to get a bunch of experience this year. You can add a bunch more pieces around him. And it, it might be time to move on. It's not really the Steeler way, but it more is the Steeler way to do this than the draft want to play with a rookie and then give that season up, basically. I mean, I think they feel like – if he plays this year, moving into next season, I think they feel like they have their guy. And you're talking about $25, $30 million on the cap to move if they move on from Ben. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. It's a little early to talk about it now, but depending on how this process goes, when you get into free agency, if Ben's not where they think he should be, and who knows that Ben's not going to want to retire from this. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think they feel like they've got their guy, though. What's going to be interesting is how they handle the cap situation here because Ben Roethlisberger's 2020 contract is guaranteed for injury, and it's a dead cap hit of $25 million if they go away from him before 2021. So Ouch! If Ben wants to play or if Ben wants to, hey, my salary is guaranteed for 2021 and I'm still rehabbing and I want my money, which, by the way, I have no issue with that. He should absolutely get his money. Yeah. Uh, then I don't know how they're going to get out of that. But the reality is is – you have a chance right now to see, is Mason Rudolph going to show you enough? This is going to be a pretty big sample size. You assume if he avoids injury, that's 14 games yep. plus this one. So 14 and three-quarter games to show you, hey, is this somebody that we think we can build around or do we need to be in contention of moving up? Maybe then we won't even have to move up if he's bad enough in the draft to get one of these quarterbacks coming out. So Yeah, I mean, a couple of things there. I mean, they can move some of Ben's contract into signing bonus, move it around so it's not a $25 million just straight dead hit. Uh, I, I think there's going to be some ways they can get creative there. The other thing is this team was built for Ben. They know what they have in Ben. This is Ben's team to move around and throw the ball. It's not really built for Rudolph to step into his shoes and take on that entire role, right? So this sample size, while it is a big sample size, they're going to have to completely redo what they want to do. James Conner went down in this game too. Yeah. And they're built to throw the ball and not necessarily run it and play defense like they used to be, which I'm sure they would want to do more of with Rudolph. So it's going to be really interesting to see – what they can do now that they've been through training camp, been through the offseason, and built this team the way that they wanted it for Ben, and what they can do now moving forward. Yeah, so what's the fantasy outlook here, guys? Because obviously now you're without Ben. Um, this team was built for Ben. Uh, you drafted Juju Smith-Schuster pretty high, thinking he's going to have a big year. Uh, we talked about some of the other pieces to potentially buy into, James Washington, Dante Moncrief, obviously James Conner. Uh, what's the fantasy outlook here? Because obviously – Mason Rudolph has not been Roethlisberger, and, and that is going to have an impact on these players going forward, Jake. I think they all have to take a hit. I think they're going to try to run it more, but I don't know that James Conner is going to be the one to carry that load. I think Benny Snell maybe gets some more carries and takes some off of him so they can run it more. 
Um, I think they all take a hit, though. Maybe, maybe not Juju, Juju, apparently not Vance McDonald. Uh, yeah. That's not going to continue every week, but I think they all have to take a hit. Yeah, I actually think Juju is the biggest loser here uh, of this group because, again, his chances of getting touchdowns now go down just relative percentage-wise. Um, we'll have to see what James Conner, how his health is, but I think he'll be fine if he's healthy and playing. To me, you know, Vance caught both his touchdowns from Mason Rudolph, so I, it's – I'm not going to say he can't continue doing doing that. And again, that back end of the top ten tight ends is is so varied on a week to week basis anyway that he's still going to continue to be there. I guess the one thing I'm curious one the Dante Moncrief stuff he can't play anymore. yeah like no. that just he can't be on the field for you um, or on your fantasy team uh, with James Washington. I don't know like I don't know how a lot of people are optimistic today that you know because his chemistry with Mason Rudolph from college maybe there that chemistry can pick up in the NFL it's possible I mean James Washington's a guy who's been on your been on fantasy benches and I'd probably keep him there and see what happens but it's bad news all around for any of the Steelers that you own really yeah you, you have to look at it especially I think I'm in agreement with you Jamie you look at Juju and just from a touchdown perspective the, those those opportunities are not going to be there as often. It's just, it's uh, or at least obst- you would assume that they will It's all the obstacles now are starting to pile up against him. You yeah. know, you, you're now, okay, now you're the number one. You're going up against bracket coverage and number one corners. Now you don't have a Hall of Fame quarterback throwing you the ball anymore. Yeah. Like, so you start to put all these things together. He's still he's still a really good player, but we thought he was kind of, he was a mid-level wide receiver one, and now he's probably a high-level wide receiver two. Yeah. It'll be, it will be interesting, though. I think Juju could face some more single coverage and not as much bracket coverage because of this. I mean, traditional football says, okay, they got a really good offensive line. They got some decent running backs. They got a backup quarterback in. Let's change how we're going to play them. Let's load the box to stop the run and make Mason Rudolph beat us. So maybe Juju does he's not going to be as consistent as he was. I think he's still going to have hit or miss where he has a couple monster weeks where people want to play man and load the box, especially if the Steelers are running it okay. Going, you know, if they, they have a couple of decent weeks of running it. I think he'll see – I don't think he's going to see quite the uh, the AB, you know, number one bracket coverage where we're manning him up with our best guy. Uh, it'll be really interesting to see how you play the Steelers now. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the outlook of this team uh, going forward and what – who develops chemistry with, with their new quarterback throughout this time period? Where does he go? Uh, those are all things you obviously are going to have to pay attention to. But overall, you have to assume that where you had your, these guys, you got to move them down a little bit. Just just until, yeah, until, for sure. until proven otherwise, you got to move these guys down a little bit. All right, the other quarterback we got to get in, into here is obviously Drew Brees. You saw, if you haven't seen it already, uh, Aaron Donald is a, a a dump truck, and so when you run into said player, uh, it's not great. And his hand hit Aaron Donald and will now be out for uh, six weeks. They got a tough stretch here, guys. Uh, their next two games are on the road in Seattle, and then uh, they're playing the Cowboys. So they they he's going to be out for six weeks. They're playing a couple of very tough. Uh, over the next six weeks, I'm looking at those matchups, and it's not great for this team. Uh, the Buccaneers are going to avoid uh, having to play Drew Brees, so good news for obviously for Tampa uh, in three weeks. But what is the outlook here for the Michael Thomases, the Alvin Kamaras, the all from a fantasy perspective? We know we're going to get Drew Brees back um, at some point. Obviously, six week outlook. We love, I mean, the fantasy community has loved all of these guys on this team going forward, and it's going to look much different, obviously, without Drew Brees throwing the football. It'll be really interesting. I mean, look, that six weeks of all goes well for a 40-year-old guy. So this could be six, could be eight. He's not going to come back. It doesn't sound like before six because he's having surgery and this thing has to heal. Um, Kamara didn't have a big day anyway, 
Thomas had 10 catches and 18, I think, at full point PPR is 18, 19 points. I think he's going to get his regardless. Uh, but I've said all along this offense had to find their identity, had to find their number two. Traquan Smith went out of this game. I'm not sure if he came back. Um, their offensive line's okay, but they got a rookie center with Max Unger retiring. I don't know that they can traditionally run it. I don't know if Kamara's that guy anyway. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do because they still were trying to develop, even with Drew Brees, what they were offensively. Uh, I think they all take a little bit of a hit. I think Michael Thomas probably still get his, uh, but they really got to figure out what they're going to do. I mean, yeah, pretty good, pretty solid defense. They stopped the run pretty well, uh, but this is a really tough, tough stretch coming up. And I've said all along, I mean, you take one guy off these teams and you're projecting, you know, win totals and that kind of stuff. They're not the same with Teddy Bridgewater, period. End of story. Quit telling me Teddy Bridgewater's whatever. I mean, they, they felt comfortable enough to re-sign him, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know if Teddy Bridgewater can get him to three and three. That's what you want from a backup quarterback. Yeah, he's not. He's not Drew Brees. Drew Brees, no. like dead. Said, let me let me be very clear. I, I like Teddy Bridgewater, and I think going forward, it's exciting to think. Obviously, they locked up Sean Payton for the next five years in New Orleans, so you're looking at the outlook and you're thinking, okay, post Drew Brees, maybe it's Teddy time there in New Orleans. I doubt it. I don't. But, think, I don't think they look at him as the QB of the future. Yeah, no, so, I don't. I, I don't either. I guess we'll learn a lot during this time period, obviously, with Teddy Bridgewater. Jamie, your outlook on from fantasy perspective. I also think it's important to know, like, for both New Orleans and Pittsburgh, they're going to look at – their offenses are going to look a lot different when they're practicing all week with these quarterbacks and they don't lose these quarterbacks early in games and are trying to scramble to figure out everything. Uh, they, they, both these teams will be more well-prepared to handle the situation when they have a full week to prepare. Uh, but to me, yeah, everybody gets knocked down a little bit. Michael Thomas is still a wide receiver one, but he's probably a low-end one instead of the number four wide receiver where I had him at the beginning of the season. You know, Kamara's now probably more in that mid to, to low-end RB1 instead of one of those top four players that we've talked about so much. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray would be interesting if they decide to go more run-heavy. And Traditionally, he might be one that gets a few more touches and worth yeah. watching. Uh, anybody else that's not Michael Thomas that's a pass catcher on the Saints, I don't want a part of. Like, I think you, I don't want Traquan Smith. How about Taysom Hill, Jamie? There's a lot of talk yesterday during that game that he's going to get more carries and maybe he's even the backup moving forward. I, I want nothing to do with Taysom Hill. This, I, T- Taysom Hill makes the You know we're all going to get that question. I know. Oh, yeah. Taysom, Taysom Hill makes the Saints a worse team. That's that's the one thing I, I don't understand with Sean Payton, with his, his love affair with Taysom Hill. But, uh, yeah, I don't. I Cook's droppable now. Like, I just – I don't want any part of it. It's he didn't look good with Breeze. Davies Murray. Yeah. 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 I think it'll be interesting. Obviously, we're going to pay attention to a lot what we see this week. Uh, like I said, tough matchup out of the gate going on the road to play Seattle um, and then having to play the Cowboys the following week. All right. We are buying and selling. We got five guys' uh, performances. A couple of guys that overperformed, uh, kind of came out of nowhere. A couple of guys that have done exactly what we kind of expected them to do. And then last guy is a guy I put on this list because I got a lot of questions about him heading in. And I think the, uh, the overreaction from him performing well, but not, I guess, well enough for everybody is a little bit ridiculous. So uh, first guy we're going to talk about here is Emmanuel Sanders had a 20 point plus game in fantasy. If you watch that game, Joe Flacco did not, go to Cortland Sutton, I think, but two times in that entire game. He looked for Emmanuel Sanders nonstop. If you watch their first game, there were a couple of times, and they mentioned it throughout the broadcast, Mark Schleris kept bringing it up, that Emmanuel Sanders was targeted a lot. He just kept slipping because in Oakland, that turf is absolutely horrible, and, and, and Sanders was slipping a lot. So you saw Joe Flacco target Sanders we obviously know he's healthy now. He's proven that to us. Jake, are you buying or selling Emmanuel Sanders going forward? 
I'm buying him as a flex option. He's better than Deshaun Hamilton. He's got a veteran quarterback and a veteran receiver. They're going to have chemistry. They, they've been in the wars together, not necessarily together, but they've both been there and done that. So their chemistry, the way that they talk to each other during the week is going to be a lot different than a second-year guy. Cortland Sutton's still the best receiver they have on that team, but I love Emmanuel as a second-year guy. Coming off that Achilles as a speed guy to still be able to come out of his breaks and, and look like he has, I'm buying it as a flex option for sure. And that team doesn't look very good. So they're going to have to throw it more than they've been throwing it. I don't think they're going to be able to stay that balanced. Their defense isn't showing up yet. Uh, so I'm buying it. I'm buying as well. I think he's a, he's an every-week flex option now. And that will be reflected in my rankings. 13 targets in that game, 11 yeah. catches. Look, the biggest question with Sanders was always just going to be chemistry with Joe Flacco, but more importantly, how he looked coming off the Achilles. And I think at this point, he's no more of an injury risk than everybody else in the NFL right now that's getting hurt. So – you got to start him with confidence. Yeah, I agree. I think we all we all liked Emmanuel Sanders coming in. It was just we. I, I couldn't believe that he came back this quickly from such a major injury. And it he, looks that good. Yeah, you're exactly yeah. right. I mean, I we all like Emmanuel Sanders. We liked yeah. Emmanuel Sanders in the past, but man, to come back and prove that he can play week in and week out now after coming back off a major injury, kudos to him. All right, next guy we're going to talk about here is tight end Will Disley, uh, Seattle. He comes up with the third best performance of the week. Honestly, if you watch both those games, both Vance McDonald and Will Disley both had great performances, but this one came out of nowhere, right? More, more so than Vance McDonald because Will Disley wasn't a guy that was projected in most people's top eight, top 10, top 12, and he ends up with the top three performance. So uh, Jake, you first here, you buying or selling Will Disley? Uh, depending, but I mean, the, I, I'll buy it. I'm going to buy it. the, the, the tight end market is so bad minus those, those top three guys. And not, I mean, and Kittle hadn't done anything the first two weeks. I'm going to buy it. And anytime you have Russell Wilson's tight end, you're going to have to at least look at it depending on the matchups. I don't think he's an every week kind of thing. I'm not buying it. Like I'm going to play him every week, but he's probably going to be out there in a lot of leagues on the waiver wire. If you're going to play two tight ends and, and go with the best matchup every week, going with Russell Wilson's tight end is never really a bad thing. So I'm going to have to buy that. I know I'm going to play him both weeks he plays the Cardinals because, good Lord, any team that plays the Cardinals. Amen to that. You better start that tight end. 800th year in a row. Uh, Jamie, buying or selling? I'm buying. Uh, he's somebody that – it was just health. He was banged up all preseason. Yep. We weren't sure he was going to even play early in the season. So he was a guy that would have been in that – like in the teens range for me in the preseason if he would have been healthy. Uh, here's a good example. We just talked about him. I would drop Jared Cook to pick up Will Disley this week. Yeah. All right, so, I like it. I, I just think that, the, that you, you're, again, you're playing t- – now that we know that Jared Cook is not a fundamental part of that offense, which we probably knew in advance, but a lot of people wanted that to be a thing. Absolutely. You're, you're, you're touched on hunting on the waiver wire. Yeah. And right now, of guys that are available, what, if I just ask you right now, who's more likely to score a touchdown on a weekly basis going forward, Will Disley or Jared Cook? Oh, Will Disley. Yeah. I'm not even thinking Look, about I mean, you got two guys in Lockett and Metcalf that are taking the top off on both on the outside. Yeah. So how are you going to play them? You're going to pull a single high safety. You're going to go two high safety. If you do, then Russell Wilson is going to kill you with whatever's left, and that means the tight end is going to be open a lot. And he loves throwing to the tight end anyway. I mean, the way that if the way that they're featuring this, and he's a traditional guy, so he's in there a lot. I mean, I, I like to play. 
And he had some productivity late last season. It's not some new guy that came out of nowhere that doesn't know what the offense is. Like he had, he showed us something toward the end of last year. Yeah. Good chemistry with Russell Wilson, especially down the stretch there. He was really looking for him in big key moments, obviously a good thing. So I'm, I'm buying into it as well, especially considering, I think Jamie brought up a perfect example of a guy like Cook that you probably drafted at least not, not too high, but high enough. And, and his outlook going forward. Now you got to be able to go and, and, and pick up somebody different. All right, this one, another kind of fantasy pros. I was looking at them this morning. They had this in their out-of-nowhere category, right? This one is Demarcus Robinson, the wide receiver out of Kansas City. Back-to-back weeks where we have wide receivers putting up number one weeks, obviously, in Kansas City, but not the guy that everybody drafted to be there. Obviously, Tyreek Hill was the guy injured now in week one. It was Sammy Watkins. But everybody kind of – and we did temper our expectations for Sammy Watkins. We said, yeah, we think he can he can look great, but he's not going to put up those type of numbers, obviously. Demarcus Robinson, though, comes in and puts up those type of numbers. So, Jake, are you buying or selling Robinson? I'm buying. I, I watched a lot of that game. Uh, the kid went up and made plays. He can flat run. I, I mean, I was like, damn, I need to go do some research on this dude because you know he's going to be the hottest waiver wire pickup of the week. But I'm buying it. I mean, this offense is going to throw it. They're going to throw it a lot. McCall Hardman looked unpolished, but going deep, he caught two balls, even though one of them got taken back. But you still have a bunch of guys on the field. There's gonna He's going to throw it to the open guy. Some weeks it's going to be Sammy Watkins. Some weeks it's going to be Robinson. But in a flex play, especially in deep leagues, I think he's a great guy to pick up. I'm semi-buying yeah. uh, because I think there's going to be a lot of variance week to week in who is going to be the most productive. And they can't all – you know, you can't have four guys that are all going to go off, even in this Kansas City offense. But, uh, yeah, he is somebody that – I. It's so weird because I wanted to pick him up and then I kind of bought into the Andy Reid thinking that ah, he's going to stay as that number three option there. We're going to feature Hardman or DeAnthony Thomas more. And uh, Hardman looked good. I, I mean, I, I have to give some credit here if he eat some crow because I've been very critical of him. Yes, he's unpolished, but he found a way to get open a lot and he found a way to get open t- deep twice in that game and should have had even a bigger game than he had. Kelsey's Kelsey. But I, I think uh, – Again, he's not going to get 170 yards and two touchdowns every week, but he's no. definitely somebody that you should pick up and have, at least as a potential flex option on a weekly basis. Here's my biggest reason why. Mahomes doesn't give a damn. He proved that. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to throw it to the open dude. If that's deep or that's whatever it is, he felt like he, he liked him enough to just, yeah, he's just slinging it. So, I mean, yeah. you're going to be hit or miss, but in a deep league, and if you, you're hurting for a flex option, and they're going to throw it 40-plus times with the best quarterback in football. Those reasons alone, I, I think it's, it's a must – I must look at depending on if you're a ten man league and your bench is already pretty deep. I, I wouldn't do it in my ten man league, but he's worth looking at for a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. So here's the here's the reason I'm in the middle, like Jamie. So Sammy Watkins had seven point nine fantasy points this week. I think this is going to be a situation where, like Jake is saying, Mahomes is going to go to the open guy. So there's going to be weeks where you can't predict who becomes the guy on a weekly basis. No, Kelsey's going to get his week in and week out. But then everybody else, it's kind of just going to be one of those guys is going to to eat. And I can't consistently tell you that it's going to be one guy over the other guy, which makes me not buy all the way in, right? Yeah, but I'm not looking for 27 points that Sammy Sammy Watkins got 42 and Robinson had 27. I'm looking for 12, 14 solid points for my flex. I think all of them are going to have targets enough. Sammy Watkins had like four or five extra targets in that game. He either was covered by Vontez Burfick, which was crazy, and they went to him and was overthrown. He could have had at least 15 points. He just didn't. I mean, it was the ones that didn't connect. 
the the reason I say I'm in the middle, right? I buy into he's a guy I look to put on my roster, right? He's not a guy that I assume is going to put up wide receiver one points. Every exactly, time. exactly. That's, that's what everybody kind of oh well, Sammy Watkins is instantaneously going to be Tyree Kill. No, very quickly you came back to reality with a seven point nine point performance, and all of a sudden it's the Marcus Robinson show. So you just got to be careful what your temper your expectations for what you think these guys are going to do. All right, I I have to go. I don't even want to say much about this guy. He had the fifth highest performance last week for running backs, number one overall performer for running backs this week. Jake shouted it from the mountaintops heading into the season, and that is Dalvin Cook. Uh, Listen, obviously two two very, very good performances um, from Dalvin Cook, Jake. So are you buying or are you selling that he can consistently put these numbers up? Hell yeah, I'm buying. I bought, he's leading both of my teams, which are doing very well right now. I went all in on Dalvin Cook. He's like Jamie says all the time, just because he's back, he's not in any more of an injury risk than anybody else in the league. He's shown you the power that I think a lot of people didn't think he had. We all knew the Jets were there, and he proved that again yesterday. But this team is going to go through him. It's not going through Kirk Cousins, who looks not very good. So I'm buying it. They got to figure some stuff out. They got better yesterday. They got blown out in the first quarter. And then came back, but it's all going through him. So hell yeah, I'm buying. Jamie, yeah, of course I'm buying. Uh, but he's the number two overall player in fantasy right now, only behind Austin Eckler. Uh, and for, I mean, I don't know what more you could see from him. He's explosive. He's breaking off big runs. He's breaking off run. I mean, also Alexander Madison looks good too. In Gary Kubiak, you trust for a run game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, they are. When it comes to running the ball and playing defense, the Minnesota Vikings can do that. Other things, eh, some other issues they have to work out there, but. Yeah, no, D- Dalvin Cook is a true RB1, and it would not shock me at all if he finishes the year inside the top five overall players. Yeah, I uh, I, I like Dalvin Cook a lot going into this season. I'm definitely buying him. I bought him enough that I have him on two out of my three fantasy leagues this season. And uh, listen, I'm very, very happy with his outlook so far. Uh, mostly happy to see that J.C. Cornell, obviously CEO of the Draft Network, already eating crow over David taking David Johnson and letting Dalvin Cook slip to uh, the very own Jake Aaron. You saw my comment of thank you. Yeah, that's what you should just write. <laughs> Who picked last in our league, by the way. Yeah, I uh, I figured. Uh, and is leading it. I'll, I'll throw out a selfish plug for that, for that too. Yeah, 100%. 100%. All right, last guy on the list here. The reason I put him on this list is because he was one of the guys that Jamie and I, we did our little Twitter show in the morning, uh, got asked about quite a bit. I also got quite a few Twitter questions. And then I got quite a few uh, I want to call them boo birds later on tweeting at me about Chris Carson's performance uh, because we all liked uh, myself and Jamie going into this week. We like Chris Carson a lot this week. Listen, he had a pretty decent week. Uh, he didn't have a top performing week, but he had a decent week. Are you guys buying or selling? He had kind of one good week, one average week. Uh, Jake, are you buying or selling Chris Carson moving forward? I'm buying. They still want to run the ball. Rashard Penny got, uh, one, you know, we we are said they don't want to use him in the passing game. He got it. He caught a touchdown pass. So what? He's going to be in the game. Chris Carson can't take every snap. They want to run the ball. He's going to have production. He's still the number one guy. He's still going to get minimum fifteen carries, and that's if they're in a shootout for some reason. Hell yeah, I'm buying. They still want to run it, and it all goes through him. He's proven to be the number one guy there. Penny is number two. Yeah, I mean, I'm buying. This is this is uh, people that are worried about Chris Carson are just being are looking for reasons to be upset. Look, I know the fumble hurt because you lost those two points. Otherwise, he has a double-digit week. You're not going to score a touchdown every single week. And I think if he scores a touchdown this game, nobody cares. Everything else will be exactly the same. They'll yeah. be like, oh, it was a great play. I'm going to name. I'm going to throw two names at you right now. Todd Gurley, Alvin Kamara. 
the only two running backs in the NFL, the only two players in the NFL to average a touchdown a game last season. Only two. So you can't expect Chris Carson to score a touchdown every single game. You're going to have to deal with these 8- to 10-point games every once in a while when he doesn't get in the end zone. And then when he does, he's going to be a high-end RB2, if not an RB1 territory. That's how this works in fantasy. And if you don't understand that, you're going to be disappointed by the lineup decisions that you make. Yeah, I, I here's another thing people need to understand, Paige. It's called fantasy football. So you have to actually watch the football part of it. The Steelers made the concerted effort to stop the run, and they said Russell Wilson's going to beat us. We don't believe in Metcalf and Lockett, and that's what happened. Yeah. Russell Wilson had a big day. They stopped the run, and they had all these exotic blitzes, and, and Russell Wilson lit him up. He was on fire. That's going to happen from week to week. You got to you got to live and die with that. But all he had to do was not fumble, and he scores a touchdown instead. And you're talking about he had a monster week. Hell yeah, you're buying. Yeah, I'm buying. I have Chris Carson in on one of my football teams, and listen, I can. I listen. Christian McCaffrey had six points this week. You can you can overreact to Christian McCaffrey's bad performance. You can overreact to Alvin Kamara's bad performance. This happens on a week to week basis. Did you drop Aaron Rodgers after a poor week one performance? I mean, come on, you gotta. You gotta people were sitting for Derek Carr. Remember? Yeah, I mean this. Thank you very remember, much. Remember our yeah. Show? Yeah. We yeah we would we would like all of those people. Also, I would like the guy who told me yesterday that he could not find a loss on the Minnesota Vikings schedule. Uh, and he was willing to bet me found anything. One. I'm still, I'm still looking for you, pal, because I found one, and it happened yesterday. Uh, okay, I said it Friday. It's hard to win in this league, and it's damn hard to win on the road in the division. So while Absolutely. I picked the Vikings and I'm high on the Vikings, they still had to go to Green Bay and win against one of the best quarterbacks that's ever played. Absolutely, that ain't easy. Yeah, no. It, like, come on, man. I'm not. not a, I don't find a loss. I can't I'm high on the Vikings, but there's plenty of damn losses. Yeah. If Kirk Cousins plays like that. There's going to be more. Yeah, because he plays a team with a winning record. Uh, if the if the if the streak continues, uh, it could continue in a bad direction for the Minnesota Vikings. All right, we're going game by game. We'll get into our quick thoughts of fantasy and football related to all the games that happened yesterday. All right, first game we're going to talk about here: Ravens take care of business against the Cardinals. With Cardinals backdoor cover, King kind of like it was technically the fourth quarter, but I don't feel comfortable that early in the fourth quarter calling it a backdoor cover. He but... still they kept it, it <laughs> bar, bar none. They covered the spread, right? They they, did. they went they went to Baltimore. They covered the spread, and if you look at the uh, the stats. Kyler Murray had a pretty decent day. Kyler Murray had a pretty decent day. My eyes don't agree with that. My eye agree. No. Stats say yes. (laughs) Let me me tell you who didn't have a decent day. Who is that? And that's the fact that you threw it 40 times against a team that ran it for 300 yards, and you had 21 yards rushing. You're not winning on the road with that formula, period, with a rookie quarterback and a bad defense. No. They got to figure out something else. Like, he looked okay at times. Baltimore blew some coverages. Baltimore's defense is not as good as, as we said they're going into the season. They looked really good last week, but they're not as good as they've been. And they got torched a few times. But this team has got – I mean, there's a big learning curve here for Cliff Kingsbury in the NFL. Game planning and calling plays during games. So while everybody in the Valley is beyond excited, and I said they're going to be exciting and a must-watch, and Kyler's going to be a must-watch. He ain't Lamar Jackson. He can't catch the edge. This, this whole run game thing – I don't see happening at all. So he's going to be in the pocket at 5'10". They're going to have to scheme up some stuff. So this was very, very interesting. That defense is bad. There was a comment that was made by one of the announcers during the game, which I thought was spot on, was that as the league gets more film on Kyler Murray, they're going to realize he does not want to run. Yes. And you see that in the way he's playing, where he'll get to the outside and there might be space. He's going to throw it away. Uh, He's going to run out and throw it away. Because he can't get the edge. No. He hasn't been able to get the edge in in either game. Uh, Think Keep an eye on David Johnson's wrist. I know he came back in this game, but keep an eye on David Johnson. Period. He does not look. I would be shocked if he's on this team next year. 
I mean, I've been, I've been at, at that contract. David Johnson all, all season, if you've, we've looked at my rankings going in. But keep an eye on that. One thing I do want to note, because I thought there was one adjustment that Cliff Kingsbury made that I really like this week was the way they used Christian Kirk. They, they, lined him, they lined him up, especially when they went trips on either side, as the farthest inside wide receiver in the slot there. Because that's where Larry was playing in week one. They moved Christian Kirk in there for week two. And those two huge plays he had early when he had those two catches for 60 yards combined – we're both when his him playing in the slot on the right side. Okay. If he continues to play there, that is where he can have success. If they play him on the outside, he cannot play out there. And I think that was the biggest difference between week one and week two. So I'm actually a little bit more bullish on Kirk, Christian Kirk going forward than I was in our pregame show and when I was last week if they continue to use him that way. That's why I said going into the season, what's going to hurt is Larry. Larry's had a pretty big game and they moved him around. Yeah. But he had a couple busted coverages where he was wide open because they're trying to cover the guys that can actually take it to the house. Christian Kirk is a slot guy. If he's playing the slot, I'd be very bullish on it. Absolutely. But then you're going to have to take – Larry's going to have to go down a step if that's the case. He can't keep putting up those numbers if he's playing as the outside guy or outside, you know, the middle guy in trips. Well, Kirk should have a big week because you're not covering him with a slot. He'd be the perfect slot guy. He yeah. can't play outside. We said they're going in the season. Yeah. And, and Baltimore side again, I think you got one more week of this, of this offense blowing up. Uh, Kansas City can't stop anybody. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's okay. I guess they stopped the Raiders for three quarters, but they, but that's not a good defense. I think you have one more, and they're going to have to keep up with Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball. So that's going to be a fun game this this coming week. Uh, but I think everything's going to come back down to earth after that. I think Hollywood Brown is a flex option for you. I'm glad to see him get the targets in this game. Mark Andrews had another huge game, but again, I think when these these games get close, the Ravens are using three tight ends a lot, not at the same time, but they're rotating them in and out of that game. So. Get this out of the way now because I do think there's going to be a drop-off in fantasy production from the entire Ravens team coming soon. Yeah, you guys, we're, I want to say we're, we're buying Lamar. Lamar's looked great, but it's not – you have to look at what their first couple of matchups have been defensively before you completely overreact because I've seen – We I've, said it. We called it the in the preseason. Yes. We all said the first two to three weeks of the year the Ravens are going to show out offensively. Absolutely. And then you trade everyone. And then, yeah, and then you, and then, and then you, and then you sell high. Uh, okay, next game we're going to talk about here: Lions thirteen, Chargers ten. Man, uh, ugly game in some, most of the, for most of this game. Uh, really, I hate the Chargers so much. Frust, such a frustrating game for because the Chargers they what missed two field goal kicks, three field goal kicks in this game. We well, have the punter uh, kicking like I mean, it was it was an ugly one to watch. Philip Rivers at the end made a bad decision uh, when they were driving at the end of the game. This was overall just an ugly game. I think Mike the my takeaway was. Mike Williams still looked pretty damn good for being injured. Uh, he was out there a lot more than I expected him to be. I sat him, uh, and then it bit me because he ended up actually outperforming yeah. who I put in uh, ahead of him. Um, but listen, that's a good outlook for for you if you're a Mike Williams owner. Jake, your takeaways. My lock of the week bit me in the ass. I thought they laid an egg on the road, big time. Detroit is not any good. For them to go up there and freaking lose was awful. I didn't like the game plan. Defense played good enough to win. Phillip Rivers wins these games, and he just didn't. It was bad, period. Sign a kicker. Please. You knew he's been – Badgley's been hurt for three weeks. Sign a kicker. Like, I'm sorry, are you trying to win a Super Bowl? Aren't you a Super Bowl contender? Like, I don't understand this. Like, I don't, I don't hate the play. I mean, Long has been really good in Canada. The UAB guy, shout out to the Blazers. That's nice. Uh, and he's for a, for a short term, you can have a guy that does all three. He did all three in college, did all three in Canada. He's been very successful. It's not an end of the season kind of thing. And he was good in week one. He killed him this week. But 
you know, they're trying to catch an, get an extra roster spot there by saving a guy that does all three for a few weeks. Get Badgley back if he's going to be any longer than yeah, but it's these guys aren't walking the streets that are good. I mean, there's not a ton of guys out there. Yeah, uh, unfortunately for them, it's not a great outlook when you're talking about kicking inside in a dome and you're missing like that. Uh, yes, it's, it's a bad. Loss. No excuse. It's a bad loss when you're trying to keep up with the Kansas yeah. City Chiefs in that division. It's just it's a tough loss for them. Overall, fantasy wise, though, Austin Eckler another strong performance from yep. him. He's going to produce until Melvin Gordon comes back. Number one player in fantasy right now, Austin Eckler. Keen Allen is a monster, legit art, uh, legit wide receiver one. Absolutely, start at you know great. Again, Mike Williams loved that there. From Detroit, uh, TJ Hawkinson came way back down to earth, maybe as, one week earlier than we expected. As but, we told you. Uh, all the way off everybody that's not Kenny Galladay there. Carryon Johnson, I know he, he had a, that receiving touchdown that kind of saved his day. I don't know what to make of the Lions right now. Like, they're they're one zero and one They're technically undefeated, uh, and they are complete frauds. Yeah, they're a bad football team. They, they completely melted down in the fourth quarter here in Arizona, and they did not deserve to win that football game at home uh, against the Chargers. I know it doesn't matter because wins are wins, but yeah. um, it was uh, it's hard to buy into pretty much anything there. All right, the Colts go on the road to Tennessee and get a victory. 19-17 final score in that one. Jake, your takeaways from that football game. You guys got this one right, but we were all right because we thought it would be a really, really close game. I thought the Titans would come out ahead on, on uh, at home. They were for a while, and then Indy made enough plays. I, I mean, anybody who's watched Indy play first two weeks, they haven't lost a ton. That team is still really solid. They're going to be in every game they play. Good on them. That's a hell of a road win in the division. We talked about how hard that is to do. Um, Tennessee's got some deficiencies, but we said this was going to be a really close game. Indy's front seven is is stacked. I mean, they played really, really good the last two years. That offensive line is great, and Brissett's making enough plays. T.Y. is going to get his. Another solid game. Ebron got a touchdown. We said if, if Funches gets hurt, Ebron's going to be more involved. He was. Um, the Titans, you still don't really want any part of any of those guys. Derrick Henry's going to be Derrick Henry. He's going to be up and down. We said he wasn't going to catch 75-yard touchdowns every week. So I don't know what you got out of this from a football perspective. I like Indy moving forward. I mean, I, I, I got it wrong. I just took the home team here. Yeah, very uh, – just a kind of a boring offensive side for everybody involved. I mean, Jordan Wilkins had that huge run. Mack didn't look very good, but the Colts did enough to get the job done. Really no fancy takeaways on the Indy side. For Tennessee, look, Derrick Henry's been good so far. He's gotten the end zone both games, and that's made him a top-five fantasy player for the first couple of weeks. I think, look, he's if he's going to average 5.4 yards a carry, I'm going to change my mind about Derrick Henry. But yeah. we'll see if that continues throughout the season. But – this, these are how these two teams want to play football. Uh, I think the Colts have more, obviously, more offensive upside. And if they weren't playing such a good defensive team on the road, I think you would have seen more. But really, a rare sub-150 passing yard, three passing touchdown game yeah. for Jacoby Brissett. It's a weird weird line to see there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, look, you're starting Matt going forward. I'm not freaking out there. You're starting all the same players you would have normally started. You're not starting any Tennessee Titans wide receivers. No. Not but you shouldn't have been anywhere. Yeah, you shouldn't have been anyways. All right, probably, probably the game I was most – I don't want to say confused by, but it was just a weird game to watch uh, because I was seeing all these 49er fans just have this huge overreaction to how great Jimmy Garoppolo looked. And I didn't watch this whole game. I was watching this on Red Zone. But this was one of those stranger games for me to, to, to pay attention to and to watch. They go into Cincinnati. They win 41-17. to 17. Uh, big time blowout for Jimmy G and, and, and for their squad. So, Jake, your overall thoughts on this one? I picked them to win. I mean, they're front, they're front five or six. They rotate a ton. That defensive line can rush the freaking passer. They played pretty solid defense. My biggest takeaway from this is the Buccaneers defense is pretty damn good. 
you watched them hold this team to 260 yards on offense and then go to Carolina and do that. I'm still not real sure what I get from from San Francisco other than things I knew. Kyle Shanahan's a damn good coach and a damn good offensive coordinator that can scheme it up. They got pieces that are going to be different every week. Jamie hit the ha- the nail on the head with Mostert. Uh, Brita had a big, big solid day. Um, Tyler Boyd had a big day. Mixon tried to fight through it and did what he could. Cincinnati's not terrible. It was a bad loss at home, but I thought Carol, I thought for the 49ers would get it done anyway. I didn't think it was a good matchup for Cincinnati. Uh, so Kyle Shanahan's reminding me of his dad in the sense that they can literally throw anybody in that backfield and dominate. So this is like so you have because it's still you know, Gary Kubiak's scheme. Yeah, Brita Mo- same same run game. Jeff Wilson. This reminds me of like Mike Bell, Tatum Bell, Ruben Drones. <laughs> yeah. Like just stick any anybody in that backfield and run for a thousand yards. Uh, Brita's Brita's startable every week now. Mostert, I think, is in flex consideration on Absolutely. a week to week basis. I, I told you at the preseason, Jeff Wilson's a good football player that they had to cut and put on their practice squad, and and so I'm not shocked to see him get play in that game, especially late when the, when things were in hand. Uh, I'm waiting to see on Debo Samuel. Uh, he had a good game here, uh, but uh, somebody I'm watching. I'm not going to blow a bunch of fab dollars on him because I don't know if there's going to be consistent production in the in the passing game on a week to week basis. Uh, Dante Pettis is a better fantasy quarterback than a fantasy wide receiver this season, so that's fun. <laughs> that's fun to know. Yeah. Uh, and on the Cincinnati side, look, Boyd is still the receiver you want. Ross catches that late touchdown. He can do that. I mean, he is that type of player that even in, that in garbage time can get loose in the fourth quarter and catch a big touchdown. So he's going to be a guy that's worth having on your bench, maybe for flex spots. And for the running game, I mean, you you got down so much so quickly, and yeah. Mixon was hurt, and I, I don't read too much into that from the Cincinnati side. Yeah, don't overreact to the Joe Mixon stuff. It's it's tough when you go down early like that. They had to start throwing the football, and and Joe Mixon obviously was hurt going into this game. All right, the next one, another one that was it was so interesting to watch. Uh, the Texans squeak out a victory against the Jaguars. Uh, Gardner Minshew uh, drives. It was about to be mania on social media if they scored and hit a two-point conversion and won that game because at the the amount of people that love mustache mania right now would have gone absolutely through the roof right uh but Deshaun Watson Jake I, I mentioned this to Jamie before we jumped on the podcast and I want to bring it up to you because you have consistently said this I'm concerned about the protection for Deshaun Watson because I think if they just continue to run him out there He's going to get injured, and it's going to hinder his career. And I just wonder at what point the Texans decide, like, we need to protect our guy. And and I saw a lot of scary moments in that game. Uh, obviously, Newt Hopkins didn't have a great game. Nobody really had a great game uh, for them. Jake, your thoughts on this football game? Look, I lived in, and died with it with Ben for nine years. I, I don't think it's the Texans protecting him. He's got to learn to protect himself. I mean, they, they could do stuff for him to get the ball out of his hands quick, but – He's not Ben's size. He's six one, low two hundreds. I mean, Ben's you know six five, two fifty could take those hits. Uh, you but you've seen it take a toll on Cam Newton's career. He's not the same dude. He, I mean, and he played that way. But he's Ben size. I, I think there's no way it can't take a toll on his production, the length of his career, and if he can even finish the season with a guy with an injury history anyway, he's going to have to learn to protect himself and not start taking some of these shots, especially when he's playing defenses like that. And I think we saw that a little bit. There was there was a play in that game where the box started collapsed around him. He got the ball out and kind of like a pro wrestling, like flat back bump backwards underneath the guy so he wouldn't get hit there. Um, but, yeah, he's going to have to do that. And, look, the Texans are going to have to improve that line. They started with Laramie Tunsil. Maybe Tyus Howard in a couple of years can be the guy that they think he is with that, with that first-round pick. I think the takeaway here is 
if there was a pylon cam on the other side of the field, this game might have been different. Yeah. Because I feel like that we needed that other that other angle and that two point conversion with Leonard Fournette going in. Uh, he did not have a great game. Nobody did. DJ Chark looks like the receiver that you want in Jacksonville as much as you want a receiver in Jacksonville. Uh, and in Houston, I might have to eat some crow on this in a couple of weeks because this is the second straight week. Carlos Hyde looked really good and really yes, efficient. He yeah, he and he's did. never been an efficient runner in his life. But he's starting to look a lot better in this offense. I'm starting to slightly buy in a little bit. Okay. I still have to see, but. He played in the shotgun in college. He played in the shotgun his rookie year, but the only time he's looked pretty decent. So I think he fits what they want to do more than he has these other couple of years where they're playing with a quarterback under center. So I, I think there's a little bit something there, but he's looked pretty good. He has looked pretty good over the last couple of weeks. Uh, okay. Next. Also, by the way, I have to eat crow. So wrong on this game. Yeah. This was my – I locked the over. I think it was the lower scoring game of the uh, – second lower scoring game of the weekend. Yeah, it was uh, – I, I looked up at one point. I think it was 9-6 to six at half or 6-3 to three at half. And yeah, I, you know it was. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, poor like, – Oh, yeah. all I need is five touchdowns and a field goal in the second half, and I got this. <laughs> oh, good thing you, you locked in uh, one more. Gotta love week two. Gotta love week two. All got right. my other one, though. Green, Green Bay Packers uh, get a victory at home, 21-16. to 16. I would like to continue to tell Vikings fans that I have told you that Kirk Cousins does not beat good teams. And until he proves otherwise, I am going to continue to say that because it happens. He made one of the worst throws I have seen on first and goal. It was absolutely atrocious. And I thought to myself, what in the hell is a professional quarterback doing making that throw? So it I, made no sense. I love that decision. Friends, and we sat in complete silence. They had they had some money on the uh, the over in that game. It's complete silence. Uh, apparently, according to uh, Pro Football Focus, he is the worst of every qualified quarterback in the NFL over the last two years on on passer rating inside the ten yard line. Whew, that's rough. It, it was. That's a bad stat. That's a bad stat. He did not – Kirk Cousins did not have a good game. The Green Bay Packers came out hot and then and then did not score. Held on. And then did not score in the second half. Uh, it was a very interesting game to watch. The Vikings defense uh, came out and, and made plays, and then Kirk Cousins fumbled this game away. I mean, Dalvin Cook had a great game. Uh, but other than that, Jake, Jake your, your thoughts on this game? I give LaFleur credit. I mean, their offensive game plan early was really good. They came out and took advantage of a good game plan. Mike Zimmer and the Vikings defense made hell of an adjustment, and then it ended. And it was right there for the Vikings to take twice, and they couldn't do it. And it was on their quarterback. Dalvin Cook got them back in the game. They stayed patient. They ran it really well. The defense made the adjustments, and it was there. But the one thing that's going to hold this team back is quarterback play if he's going to play like that. So it makes me question my pick. I'm still very high on him, but, you know, good good on the floor because we all questioned it. I thought the game plan early was really, really good. Yeah, from the Viking side of things, look, I know Diggs had that 49-yard touchdown. He should have had another touchdown in that game and got yes, called back got because called of back. the penalty that wasn't his fault. Uh, so I'm still not worried about those receivers too much. Although, again, I think they're going to be ranked a lot where I had them this week as wide receiver twos going forward, yeah. not not in the wide receiver one category. The Packers, I'm so glad to see the big Aaron Jones game. was really excited to see that from him. Devontae Adams, again, this is why you always play your studs. He bounced back. Drum Allison got in the end zone early there, and you know Valdez Scantling got a couple – you know, only caught three passes. Again, this is why you don't give up on these guys. There are going to be certain weeks where one catches more than the other, one gets in the end zone, the other don't. We talked about Valdez Scantling probably not getting as much separation from Trey Waynes as he would from other corners. But this is why you start your start, you start Rodgers, you start Devontae Adams, uh, you know, Aaron Jones there, Jarby too. So that was that's pretty much what we learned. And from the Vikings, I need Kirk Cousins to, to win a big game. 
Yeah. At some point. Uh, at, at some point, he's got to do it until uh, and he, until he does it. I'm going to continue to ride that train because he he hasn't proven it to me. Uh, like we said in our in our pre-game show yesterday that we were on Twitter, you don't question playing Devonte Adams or Aaron Rodgers. They prove that to you in that moment. You play your guys. They prove that. And it was great to see a big Aaron Jones game. That was my biggest takeaway from this game. I, I, I wanted to see that. I wanted to see that for a while. Now show it to me consistently. I like that they stayed with the run. Even though they were up, they kind of had to. But I like that they they stayed with yes, it. I, I agree with that. All right. Jamie's lock of the week that did come in. The Dallas Cowboys take care of business. 31-21. Uh, a slow. There was at one point on red zone, they were joking about how they had not gone to this game at all because there was no scoring to show you. It was very low for a while, then opened up. And obviously the Cowboys take care of business. We, Jake always says, hard to get a win on the road, hard to get a win on the road in the division. They got a win handedly, 31-21 final score. Jake, your thoughts on this one? Yeah, it wasn't as close as the score uh, indicates. The Dallas slow, it's two weeks in a row they start off slow. The Redskins scored first, but they just they just stayed patient. Dak looks really good. I love this Kellen Moore offense. They've got three weapons at receiver. They got Zeke. They still got a great offensive line. And Dak looks like he has taken another step forward in this offense as the true leader, but throwing the ball. They look good. Their defense, I'm a little concerned about their pass rush. They're not getting a lot of sacks, but they're playing really solid defense. Those linebackers are awesome. I think Dallas, I mean, my question to to everybody listening this week is, is Dallas the best team in the NFC? They've shown me more than everybody else in the NFC has. I think they are. I think they'd be my pick right now. That, I might have to change my evaluation of Dak Prescott now in this Kellen Moore offense because this he has opened up this offense, and Dak Prescott has been more than ready for that challenge and had another really strong week here. Zeke, Zeke, you know about that. Uh, the ghost of Devin Smith. I haven't thought about Devin Smith in <laughs> years. Yes. Because that was that, that pick did not work out for the Jets at all. Uh, but I don't. there's nothing there. Don't, don't read into that. But uh, pending his MRI coming back clean, Michael Gallup's an every-week play now yes, in a flex spot. Yeah, he's a legit option in that offense, and you have to be excited about it. On the Redskins side of things, uh, this is the team you just don't want much to do with. I mean, Peterson got ten carries, didn't look great with them, got in the end zone, but they're not going to be able to establish the run in many of these games because they're not going to be up in a lot of them. You know, McLaren catches a touchdown late, kind of salvages his day. Whatever, I'm never going to feel comfortable starting him. Chris Thompson, if you have to, in a flex spot, should have had a bigger day. So it should have been better, but it is what it is. You don't really want to be tied to too many shares of this Redskins offense. No, I, I agree no. with that. All right, the next game we're going to talk about here is Seahawks take care of business on the road against the Steelers, 28-26. This is the Russell Wilson game. Uh, he was unbelievable this week, number one quarterback. Uh, he looked he looked really, really good. Uh, we talked about Will Disley already. We talked about Chris Carson. So any other takeaways from this? Because we've discussed kind of the Steelers side of the football, obviously going forward without Ben, but any other takeaways, Jake, from this game? DK Metcalf looks like a pro pretty early in the season. Um, he's definitely worth looking at, and Lockett's going to get enough targets to be a number one guy. So if you drafted him late, he's a you know wide receiver two flex option. We've already talked about all this. I mean, this is uh, this was a really good win for the Hawks. Yeah, good to see twelve targets for Tyler Lockett because the target share was always going to be the biggest question, which which isn't much of a question anymore. I know it was yeah. after week one, but kind of bounced back this week and overcorrected. Yeah. And uh, DK Metcalf just mentioned it, like Jake said, uh, he's going to be a big part of this offense. This offense was it. Well, had a lot of question marks going into it. I think it's been uh, one of the teams I've actually enjoyed watching over the first couple of weeks. All right, Bills going on the road to the New York Giants. Uh, Bills get a victory and they win twenty-eight to fourteen. Saquon looked good, and that was about it. 
Uh, I know that – listen, Josh Allen is – I tweeted at one point, Josh Allen's still the best running back on this team. Then Devin Singletary started having a good yeah. day. Uh, but Josh Allen had a, had a good day from a fantasy perspective as well. Jake, fine. Jake, your take was. Yeah. We, we all hit the nail on the head with this one. The Bills are solid, but they're a solid 7-9, 8-8 it's going to bite them later when Allen has to make enough plays. The, the Giants suck. The one thing is crazy is Saquon keeps having these monster games, but he's not getting a lot of touches. He's not, he's not getting a lot of the garbage stuff that I thought he would get that really put him up in that those crazy numbers like he was last year. Uh, I'd be a little concerned there if I owned Saquon. Uh, Singletary looks like he's the best back there besides Josh Allen, but tra- 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 traditional running back. Their defense is solid. And the Bills are going to be in a lot of games because of it. They're going to play complimentary football. So, I mean, it's pretty much what we thought going into Yeah, I mean, Paige and I, we, we both said on the pregame show that, you know, Josh Allen was a decent option. Like, that, you know, there were certain play quarterbacks, if you were in bad matchups, he said, hey, you know, I'm going to start Josh Allen. Devin Singletary is the most explosive back in that backfield, but I will continue to remind people that you have to look at what the coaching staff tend to do. And Frank Gore is out-touched him by 13. Yeah, I mean, the Frank Gore almost got twenty carries in this game, and that's gonna. Get, I don't think he's gonna get twenty carries a game, but he's gonna be a big part of this offense, whether fantasy owners like it or not. All right, so you just have to realize that if you're a Devin Singletary owner, as much as that kind of sucks. Uh, on the other, on the passing game, nice to see John Brown with seven catches. I still think he is the wide receiver that you want the most in Buffalo. On the Giants side, uh, yeah, downer for Evan Ingram. Not a lot of targets, not a lot of catches in this game. We all thought he'd have a monster I'm week. Surprised you only had eight targets in this game. To be perfectly honest with you, that that really shocked me. I, I would have guessed he would be in that twelve plus target range, given the other. You know, if you were to give Benny Fowler ten targets, I think you'd give that to Evan Ingram. But you know what? Maybe Buffalo knew that too. Yeah. You got to give them a little bit of credit of understanding. We have the game plan for the two people on offense that they that are healthy for the Giants. Not committing to Eli Manning for a starter week three so far. So we'll see. I think this Daniel Jones train is going to start a lot earlier than people think. Ooh, Daniel Jones, watch. I'm here for it. I'm here for the chaos uh, that ensues in New York inevitably if uh, Eli Manning is not the starter going forward. Okay, I do not want to take a lot of time on this game because I do not – I can't – possibly learn anything from any team playing the Miami Dolphins because I have never, and I mean never, seen a team that just completely has given up from the beginning of the season. Uh, Jake, we talked about it. We've talked about it before how in the NBA tanking is a thing, but in the NFL it's really hard to get guys who are fighting for their jobs to buy in. I think a lot of guys are that we know Mika Fitzpatrick wants out. We know there's been other guys that have asked to get out of there. The culture is not good. Uh, the Patriots put up 43, 43 nothing. I mean, it was an absolute demolishment of a game. I, I think I told Jamie at the end of the third quarter, the Miami Dolphins had thirty nine yards of offense. I mean, it was it, it's not it wasn't even football. You've already talked too much about it. The best fantasy play here was New England's defense. All right, everybody move yeah. on. What do they want to make? We, we all saw this coming. They suck. So funny. Uh, Kalen Balaj ducking from trying to catch a pass. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's the I saw the same thing and went, "What in the hell just happened?" The funniest thing I saw all weekend. That's that's great tanking. Uh, He's a bad football player. Yeah. There are a lot of bad football players on this Dolphins team right now. Yeah, the only other thing I do want to mention is uh, didn't take much time for Antonio Brown to get into that offense. No, I got the. How hard is it to put him in on the first drive when you're you're actually? It, it's I mean you're scripting. Yeah, I, he didn't do anything after that other than offensive pass interference he got a touchdown on. I'm not talking about yeah, him. He ain't, he ain't a part of this yet. That's why this was a weird game because we knew the Patriots were going to win by a gajillion points, but they knew that too. So like when a team that's going to walk, it's like when Alabama plays some, you know, yeah. the Citadel or something. Yeah. Where it's like, <laughs> what do you take away from Because they might not actually have as good of numbers as you think because they know they're six touchdown favorites from the time yeah. they start the game. Yeah. So 
That's why I said the the Dallas Cowboys open up as twenty one point favorites against the Patriots or uh, against Dolphins. the Dolphins, and uh, I wouldn't tell you advise you to do anything other than take the Cowboys because at this point I have never I don't remember ever seeing a team as bad as the Miami Dolphins. All right, the Chiefs go on the road to play the Oakland Raiders. At one point in this game, it was ten nothing, and I tweeted out even I was like, remember when this game was ten nothing? <laughs> that was fun. Uh, the Chiefs go on to win the game twenty eight to ten. Uh, the Raiders put up those 10 points in the first quarter, and then obviously they did not put up any other points in this game. Jake, your takeaways from this, other than Mahomes just continues to be Mahomes. Look, the Raiders are better. The injuries in the secondary hurt, but they went from the oldest team to the fourth youngest, and they're playing pretty good. Josh Jacobs, I like. I think he's going to be a stud moving forward. Kansas City's defense is not very good, no, and they kind of went away from him because they went 10 nothing to 28-10 to quick. Mahomes threw for 280 yards in the second quarter. Kansas City's good. We've already talked about their their offensive weapons going to be hit or miss until Tyreek gets back. Uh, but the Raiders have some options. Tyrell Williams looked good. Waller looked good again. And Josh Jacobs looked pretty solid. They're better. They're not there yet, but they're better than they've been. Yeah, I mean, we talked a ton, ton about the Chiefs earlier. So just focusing on the Raiders, agree, Josh Jacobs looked really good in the opportunities he got even on the ground. Darren Waller, again, he's he's an every week tight end one now. Like He's going to be in that, in that conversation for you where – he might be an every week starter for you. Tyrell caught that touchdown early. Didn't use him much late in that game, but they used him a lot early to get that lead. Uh, and that's really about it. Like this, that's what you're gonna. You're start, Tyrell Waller, Jacobs. Those are gonna be your guys that you're playing on the Raiders on a weekly basis. Everybody else you can pretty much ignore. All right, Rams twenty-seven, Saints nine. Obviously, we discussed uh, in depth at the top of this podcast what New Orleans outlook with Drew Brees next six weeks at a minimum is going to look like. So let's focus on the Rams here. Jake, what did you take away from this one? The Rams still don't look that good to me. They still got issues. Uh, I mean, I don't know what the Saints did to the football gods to get completely screwed again by another bad call, but it's three to three. They get a sack fumble touchdown. The refs blow it dead, so they get the ball back, but then they don't go score. I mean, it should have been 10-3 Saints pretty early on in this game. I I don't know. I, I've hear, I'm hearing they're saving Gurley. I'm hearing they just don't look the same to me yet. The defense is solid. Uh, I still think they're one of the better teams, but I don't know that I, I favor them to win the West at this point. Um, yeah, I picked them to win this game primarily because it was at home, and I didn't think it was a great matchup for, for the Saints, but I, I don't know which receiver you're going to pick. Cooks had a big day because he caught the deep one, um, but I don't know. I got concerns about the Rams. Yeah, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, I think it's. I think people need to stop looking for reasons to not like Todd Gurley. I mean, he now he out he out touched Malcolm Brown, but three times in this game, like three times as many touches. Uh, he's looked fine when he's been given the opportunity. He's not getting the same volume as he did before. He's not going to score eighteen plus touchdowns. That's not happening. But for where you took him in drafts, which was second round, sometimes late third round, or first round, sometimes early third round, he's providing that production for you. And I think people have to stop looking for reasons to to hate on him right now. Uh, Cooper Cup's going to get his. I mean, he had yeah. another big day, five for 120 in the slot. Uh, Robert Woods should have had a bigger day. I feel like there was at least three or – maybe this is my imagination, but I feel like there were three or four different, like, holding penalties on plays in which Robert Woods caught passes. Yeah. Because when I looked at this game, the box score, and it said two for 33, I went, wait, what? What did I miss? I felt like Robert Woods caught a ton of balls in this game. Uh, for the Saints, we talked about it. Everybody does a downgrade with Breeze out. Uh, I don't think either one of these teams – are in the NFC Championship this year. Like I just, they, I agree with Jake that the Rams are good, but they don't look like the team that they did last year. No, they don't. They don't. They don't look like the same team. Uh, and and obviously take care of business in this game, but it wasn't convincing. And without Drew Brees, it's it's tough to take away too much from this one. 
All right, I would like to dedicate this entire podcast to Eddie Pinheiro uh, and in my discussion of this next uh, the next game. Obviously, I know I will get no disagreement from Jake, who continuously reminds us that kickers are people too. Uh, nice to see a celebration in Chicago for uh, for a kicker and not the opposite direction. We talked about Emmanuel Sanders on, on Denver's side of the football. Jake, you made a trade for David Montgomery, so I'm interested in your thoughts and in, in his usage in this game and then uh, your overall thoughts on the game. He's the guy I want in the Chicago offense moving forward. I mean, I think it's going to go through him. He's a rookie, but a lot like Josh Jacobs, I think he's going to he's going to start getting that kind of load in production. I got I got concerns about Chicago too. I did going into the season. This defense should not have given up that lead. This should have been a, a game that they won pretty handily, and they didn't. They had to go back and but give you know give Trubisky credit. He made a freaking awesome play. Threw it down there to Robinson and Pinero made a big kick. I don't know what I take away from this other than I don't want a lot of pieces of the guys in Chicago. I think if they just quit out coaching themselves, Montgomery should be a good play moving forward. We already talked about Emmanuel Sanders and a lot of this this Denver offense. Denver's got real problems. This defense isn't as good as they should be, even though they played better. And this offense, I don't know what you take away. Yeah, I mean, from a Chicago point of view, Montgomery, we expected them to get a lot more touches just from public pressure and from just watching how he played. He was destined to get more touches in this game. I mean, I, I mean, look, we'll give it a couple more games, but I, I am a little bit of a side eye on Trubisky at the moment. Yeah, Still needs a couple more games. This was, again, as I warned everybody, and I, I picked this game right with Denver plus three here. That is an unbelievably tough place to play. Yeah, and, I was happy with the people do yeah. not give it enough credit. Even as not good as this Denver team looks like they are at the moment, that is a tough place to play, especially when they play good defense. It was more so a tough place to play. Like it, it, They had Khalil Mack on an oxygen on sideline, mask yeah. about 10 times during this game. I mean, it's when you if you've never been there – I used to I figure skated competitively and I used to go up there and we would go a week in advance for children competing to to prepare for this because it's I mean Khalil Mack is about as good a physical shape as you can possibly be and he was gassed multiple times throughout that game it's just it's a tough place to go uh the only other thing I want to mention during this part of the game uh, or this part of the podcast is dear NFL please figure out please I beg of you to figure out what actual Pat roughing the passer is. It was one of I saw two, both one on one or actually three. One on Leonard Floyd, one on Eddie Goldman, and one on Bradley Chubb. That were three of the worst calls I have ever seen. What exactly is Eddie Goldman supposed to do when Joe Flacco has the ball in his hands and he hits him right in the middle of his body? Would you prefer he hits his knees? Would you prefer he hits his head? I, I just. That is one of the – I took the video and I put it out there and it went viral because it is an absolutely atrocious call. The one on Bradley Chubb was just as bad. I, I know, Denver fans, you were feeling it at the end, but I was feeling it early on in the game when they got two crucial field goal uh, attempts and they and they hit both of them out of those horrible calls. So it's not Jake going after the refs this week. It's me going after it because I have never – I just let them play football. I, I just I – don't, I don't know what else to say. And I took your tweet and I retweeted it and said it doesn't matter the team, it doesn't matter the game, it matters every crew is different to different is different. They they call everything. It's, there's no consistency. And it doesn't matter if it's rough in the passer, what's a catch, what's not a catch, what's pi, what's not pi. It's just absurd that there's this much variation from crew to crew, from game to game. They all suck, and it's getting worse. And, and on the flip side, I saw a play that was on that went viral on Twitter where Russell Wilson is literally cracked head to head 
two seconds after he releases the ball with no call. So I, I'm I'm struggling to understand why you watch that. And the ref is literally standing right there watching it happen. So there's no call there, and then you get three horrible calls. Like Jake said, there is absolutely no consistency. It is, it's horrendous across the board, and it's making the game tough to watch. It's so really frustrating is. as a fan. One last point I want to make on the game. Uh, Philip Lindsay's now not playable. Yeah. I'm not dropping him, but he's not playable. I'm not starting him next week in Green Bay. Uh, it's wait and see because right now the best back that looks best is – again. Philip Lindsay looked okay, but they're not blocking for him. Like, Philip Lindsay's first three steps after he got the ball looked phenomenal, and then he ran right into 18 other players. Now, part of that's because it's the Bears. But Royce Freeman looks really good. Yes, I don't does. know if the, the – the fact that the Broncos offense can't move the ball makes me think they're not going to continue to be able to move the ball, and if they can't establish the run when they're down two scores in games. So, uh, I'm not starting any Denver running back next week. Yep. Uh, they'll drop him, but – they yeah. need to be out of your lineup. 100%. All right, last game we're going to talk about here. Falcons get a victory at home, 24-20. Some last-minute heroics from Matt Ryan. He threw some bad picks in this game, too. But Julio Jones got his number two overall wide receiver this week. That's what you expect. Had a big, obviously huge play towards the end of the game. The big, the, My big takeaway here, and I know I mentioned it to you guys before we jumped on the podcast, was Carson Wentz struggled throughout this game because – at one point, he was hit in his rib cage, and it looked like he either has a bruised rib or potentially a cracked rib. I don't know, but he never really looked right. He had moments where he looked okay, but, man, you got to take care of this guy. He just He's had injury concerns. It was our big concern with Philadelphia going into the season is if Carson Wentz cannot stay healthy, this team is not good, right? And and, and they, they better start protecting him better because he took a lot of hits in this game. Jake, your thoughts? I give him a lot of credit for coming back, though, because Deshaun Jackson went out in the first quarter. Jeffrey was out in the first quarter. Aguilar was in and out. And really, Aguilar short-arm alligator on the game-winning touchdown after Matt Ryan got lucky on fourth and three and hit Julio. I mean, Matt Ryan did a great job. They saw zero coverage. They saw a blitz coming. They threw the bubble screen to Julio. Great block by Sanui takes it to the house. Other than that, Julio didn't have a good game. They shouldn't have paid him that contract. They're gonna, it's going to bite him in the ass later. Um, Carson Wentz came right back. And they had the perfect play call, the perfect throw, and Aguilar drops it. It was a touchdown. Took him right back on the third play. They got the they got the one later, but he should have made the play to win the game. So I give I give Wentz a ton of credit. But he plays a lot like Deshaun Watson. He's going to have to learn to protect himself, or he's not going to get through. Um, Dallas is better than Philly right now. Philly's got to figure out some stuff. They started really slow in this game. Atlanta doesn't scare me at all. That defense is not very good. They played better last night, but I thought Philly played right into their hands. They should have ran it down their throat like Minnesota did. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't. And that's that's a concern if you're a Miles Sanders owner, which is one of the things that, again, it's another 10-8 carry split between Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard. Uh, Darren Spoles did not get a carry in this game, so that, that I guess that's the thing. Doug Peterson uh, heard your rant. I know. Uh, but I, I just this is a whole different game if all the Eagles are healthy throughout the game. I know that's not you don't get to play like that, but I'm not taking away a ton from this game. I don't think Algalore is somebody you need to go pick up right away. Falcons said, look, you're going to get this with Matt Ryan and Dirk Cutter. You're going to get this almost Tampa Bay last year where he's going to throw for a lot of yards, going to throw for his touchdowns. And Matt Ryan does have a penchant sometimes for throwing just the most mind-numbing picks you've ever seen. Yep. And he's going to do that. Uh, Ridley. I have serious concerns with Freeman too, yeah, by the way. I, I like, mean, serious in this offense. I thought he'd be great pass catching back. Yeah. No. I, Dirk Cutter strikes again, I guess. Yeah. But Edo Smith looks better. He looks more explosive. He looks quicker. Freeman looks over the hill, washed up to me. It's, it's, 
I, I don't want to overreact to it, but I'm definitely he's definitely a, a concern, right? He was somebody we were paying attention to going into this game, and it wasn't a great game for him. But I'm trying not trying not to overreact to Atlanta. I'm like you, I think if this or like Jamie, you were saying, if all if everybody in Philadelphia was healthy, this game would look a lot different, I believe. Uh, and listen, you buy into what you get from Matt Ryan. Mind numbing picks and all. He threw. He got. He got you what you probably needed from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, he got you almost twenty and, points. So yeah, even with all and, those picks, and, and Julio got his, and and uh, Sanu had a couple of opportunities as well, and Calvin Ridley had a big game. So you, you got to like what they did overall from a fantasy perspective. All right, let's preview this Monday night football game tonight. Not <laughs> listen. Uh, there's not a lot to love here on one side of football. Sam Darnold's not playing. We obviously know that he is mono. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are a seven point favorite. Uh, tonight against New York. Jake, your thoughts uh, on who wins the game and, and what you're paying attention to? Tough to win on the road, but you got a bunch of superstars that want to bounce back on Monday night. I think OBJ probably has a pretty decent game. I think Chubb has a big game. I think they're going to run it a lot. Their offensive line's bad. They don't want to get any pressure on Baker and take the chance of him getting hurt. Darnold not playing. Um, I got the Browns 28-17. I, don't, I think this is probably going to be pretty boring, but a lot of people want to watch it and see how the Browns come back. It's so funny because in the preseason, I had this game circled as a major trap game for the Browns. But yes. it can't be a trap game when you got your doors blown off in week one and the Jets are starting Trevor Simeon at quarterback in week two. Uh, the, the, uh, the Browns should cover this. Uh, no C.J. Mosley. Jet, that Jets defense looked a completely night and day different when Mosley was in the game versus when he was out of the game in week one. I just don't know how the Jets score in this game. Like, I, I mean, I, I can't see the Jets getting into the 20-point range in this game. I just don't see how they do it, even with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, Brown should be easily be able to cover this, and this is this game's going to not be fun to watch. But it's going to have a lot of fantasy implications because there are a lot of Browns players that are in this game that people are going to want to play. Listen, the my, my overall thought on this game is, Browns, you better blow this team out. Like, you better go in. You, you said that you're a Super Bowl team going into this year. Go prove it. You're playing Trevor Simeon, who is absolutely horrible, Okay, you better go prove to us that you guys are a damn good football team because you look like garbage in week one. So what I want to see is I want to see this Cleveland Browns team look good. I want to see Baker look good. I want to see this offense clicking. And I want to see this team take care of business and cover the spread. I don't I don't think they should have no trouble covering this spread if they are the team that everybody thought they were. Uh, and even if they're 75% of the team that they thought they were, they should take care of business tonight against the New York Jets. All right, guys, the last thing we're doing here is we are going to put up a poll. We're going to put up a poll on Twitter. We will release it, and then we're going to revisit it on Wednesday. The poll will be, who is the best team in the league right now? New England, Kansas City, Dallas, or other. Guys, I don't want you giving me your thoughts now. We'll save it for Wednesday. We'll let everybody react to what the uh, what the public has to say on Twitter. Uh, so, Jake, let everybody know how they can follow you on social media. Jake Berians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. Follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at Jay Eisner FFB on Instagram. And you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an eye on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow this show at TDN Fantasy underscore on, on Twitter. You can follow us on Instagram at TDN Fantasy. And you should check out our rankings and all of our work on the draftnetwork.com. Happy Monday. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.